That was unquestionably the worst performance of the season. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Uh, Welcome into this uh, latest episode of Locked On Hoosiers. Doesn't feel very welcome. It is a frustrating game. We will be recapping in today's episode. First, though, I want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day. We are your one and only one-stop shop, daily one-stop shop for IU Athletics News. Also want to thank FanDuel for sponsoring today's episode. Make every moment more. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets. Win or lose, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. I, wow, what a, wow. I'm not even entirely sure how to describe what Indiana just did on uh, Tuesday night. Final score, Iowa 90, IU to 68. I came on here on Tuesday's episode and I said, this is the most important game of the season for IU. Got a little bit of pushback because this was a bad Iowa team and one that had been horrendous on the road, but I laid out my reasoning and IU completely no-showed. Like, to a degree, that was Archie Miller-esque. Like, and that would have been peak Archie Miller. And it's going to have ramifications, especially in the Big Ten standings and the Big Ten tournament seeds, as we'll talk about here in a bit, but... What a what an awful game. That was the worst game of the season. The worst performance of the season. A massive letdown. I, I spoke about that as well. That it it, it kind of felt like we'd gotten over that hump when it come to let or when it came to letdown games. Winning uh against Purdue and then winning against Rutgers earlier in the season. I don't know what happened, man. I, uh, this team got high on its own supply after that win in Purdue. I, I don't know if they spent the weekend and the beginning of the week just celebrating. They certainly didn't vindicate the win that they had in Purdue, and that's the, the phrase Mike Woodson said, that you needed to vindicate this performance. Lord almighty, they didn't come close. They did the exact opposite. You look at all the tweets from Saturday and the, the comments about how I use a dark horse Final Four team. The team that played tonight didn't look like a tournament team. That was an NIT NIT team that played tonight. There was zero effort. There was zero focus. It was a lot of the things that plagues I use in plagues IU in stretches, especially at the beginning of games. Slow starts have been problems throughout the year. And when Iowa jumped out to the I think it was like an 8-0 lead, I thought, cool, well, we're doing this again, but every other time IU snapped out of it. There was just no snapping out of it. The defense was what I was easily most frustrated by. That was a lazy effort. Plain and simple, a lazy effort defensively. How many times did IU get back cut? That is basic defense 101. And it happened time and time again. Jalen hood Shafino on back-to-back plays got back cut. Uh, It happened to Trey Galloway. There were blown assignments all over the court. Nobody could stay in front of Chris Murray, which is kind of a personnel thing, but 
it was just they tried Trey Galloway, they tried Race, they tried Malik, they tried Miller Cop, they tried uh, Caleb Banks. Nobody could do anything to slow him down, and that IU couldn't figure out how to do anything there, and that just uh, sabotaged them defensively everywhere else. He has 26 points. Tony Perkins, who had all those back cuts, had 23 points. Uh, I I can't overstate. This team was awful uh, shooting the ball on the road this season. Truly awful. To have that performance, inexcusable. I, I, I'm wavering between... I've seen takes in both regards. This was a traditional letdown game. Flush it down the toilet. It, it's exactly what happens after big wins, and all of that is true. This was Taylor or uh, trademark letdown game material. Kind of a quick turnaround after a really emotional win, and that's what happens. On the other hand, how is this happening in March? It's technically February 28th. How is this happening in the final week of the regular season? You have two games left, and these games had huge implications. How is it still... How are you having these types of mental breakdowns? And we've talked again, time and time again. uh, Inconsistency haunts this team. It's going to cost them in the tournament. If I told you you right now that IU would be a three or a four seed, there's no shot they're a three seed after this unless they win the Big Ten tournament. That IU is a four seed and loses to, what would it be? A 13 seed in the first round, I wouldn't be shocked. I would say that 13 seed probably jumped out to an early lead. They were probably a good shooting team. And IU isn't built to play from behind, especially against a team that can knock down three-pointers. And that's what Iowa did all night, 13 to 23 from three. And, yeah, no, 100%. I could see IU just no-showing and losing in the first round. At the same time... All those things that were said about him after Saturday are true as well. That's a team that could fight for a deep tournament run. It's frustrating that we sit here at the end of the regular season and have no clue which version of that team is going to show up. Saying we have no clue is probably a bit harsh. Um, ultimately, for most of the second half of the, the season, IU has been a really good team. And that is probably the team you're getting. I I can't say any more than probably, though. How frustrating have all those losses been since, since they turned things around? The Maryland loss was woeful. Even the Penn State loss at the beginning of that. That was probably the worst performance of the season before tonight. The Northwestern game on the road had one of the worst halves of the season until tonight. The Michigan State game was frustrating because there was nobody that stepped up. And now this just takes a cake across the board for the worst performance of the season. This is the worst performance in a long time. I saw people throwing out when IU's last had a loss this bad. The Michigan game was mentioned last year. I th- I think this is worse than the Michigan game. That Michigan team was ta- had talent on it. And was supposed to be good. And that was kind of one of those games where things clicked. This isn't a good Iowa team. They weren't running 
complicated things offensively that were just picking apart IU. It was back cuts. It was moving off the ball. It was things that if IU is focused, they take care of. And we've seen them do it this season. So this is it's as frustrating a loss as IU's had in some time, even taking into account a lot of Archie's games. The really bummer of this is that Trace Jackson Davis became the all-time leading rebounder tonight. It's a shame it happened in a game that I'm going to have zero interest in remembering. He was the literally, not just the only bright spot for Indiana, he was the only person that cared for Indiana tonight. 26 points, 13 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 steals. That's probably a stat line that hasn't happened in a long time. I just didn't want to look it up tonight. I might tweet it out later, but on any other night, he's guiding IU to win, but nobody else showed up for this team, and it's gonna, like I said, it's going to cost him. We're going to talk the Big Ten standings, but the double buy is probably out of the window now, barring something drastic happening. As I was, I we had plenty of time to look it up in the second half, so I was looking it up in the second half of this one trying to figure some things out, and I think the double buy is gone. So we'll look at what happens in the standings now and what why IU is going to need a lot of help to get a double buy in the Big Ten tournament. Before we do that, we're just past the midway point of the NBA season, and it is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. I hope you did not bet on the Hoosiers tonight. I think I saw at the end of the day, uh, they, um, IU was a six-point favorite, if I recall correctly, so... I pray that you did not bet on the Hoosiers. Um, that was woeful. <laughs> but even if you guys did, as we mentioned at the beginning, that no sweat first bet means even if you lose, you get all that bonus bet, all those bonus bets back. Don't miss your chance for that no sweat first bet. When you go to fanduel.com slash locked on, that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Big thanks to you guys for making us your first listen every single day. Uh, make sure you guys check out the Locked On College Basketball podcast. They have everything you need to know about college basketball, the experts, the insiders, the coaches, the players, um, whatever it is they have you covered. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube, wherever you guys uh, listen to your podcast app. I'm reading the quotes post game from Coach Woodson. We're supposed to keep this a PG podcast, so I'm not going to fully dive in. Um, that was a BS performance tonight, is what Mike Woodson said. Um, not happy we left our game in West Lafayette. It's unacceptable the way we played tonight. I apologize to our fans. I mean, he's saying everything that uh, that you can imagine. I apologize to our fans. Uh, they came and kicked our ass. Plain and simple. Uh, like I said, that was... 
normally I would be really annoyed at a opponent blowing a kiss at the IU fans as uh as they did tonight, but IU deserved it. Like you they were they were unserious throughout the entire night and they deserved to be taunted. Like fair play to them. I rub it in our face. Like we deserve it. That was awful. The end result is that um IU is going to struggle to get a double buy. Let me pull this up on the screen. I'll explain it to those of you not watching. The Hoosiers dropped to 11 and 8 in the Big 10 with that loss. I guess there was a shot that they could uh win a share of the Big 10 title. The broadcast wanted to play that up. I didn't know that it was a thing. So I IU was going to need a lot of help to get that, but as I make this bigger, you can see the teams above IU now. Uh, Maryland, it is, a lot of these are because they haven't played as many games. But Maryland, Michigan, Northwestern, all are ahead of Indiana. The problem that IU is going to run into, Iowa is obviously also ahead of Indiana now tonight. They're also 11-8. and eight. The problem IU runs into is they don't have any of these tiebreakers. They played Maryland once. They do not have that tiebreaker. They played Northwestern twice. They do not have that tiebreaker. They played Iowa twice. They do not have that tiebreaker. They're obviously, for any of this to even matter, they're going to play. have to play Michigan. I don't know what the... Uh, well, if they win the game, they will have that tiebreaker. But you can count already Purdue, Maryland, Northwestern, and Iowa are four teams ahead of Indiana. They... Uh, if assuming Illinois wins, they will have that tiebreaker and assuming Rutgers wins, it would be whatever the second tiebreaker is, which offhand, I don't know. I'm not going to put a ton of thought into that right now, but, uh, IU is going to need some teams to lose. They don't control their own fate anymore. They are going to have to do some scoreboard watching, and the scoreboards aren't really looking in their favor. I uh, Iowa plays Nebraska. Nebraska's frisky, but, I mean, Iowa is uh, playing at home, and they're better at home than they are on the road. You're going to have to root for Nebraska to win that. Uh, Northwestern does play Rutgers, so... I guess we have to figure out what the second tiebreaker is and hope that the Hoosiers have that against Rutgers. They play Penn State as well. There's a a possibility Northwestern goes 0-2 this week. It's probably not likely. 1-1 one one always felt like what they would end up. And then Maryland, um, IU only played them one time, and as we mentioned, lost. They play Ohio State, who is atrocious, and they play Penn State. But the other problem in this is that IU needs these teams to lose twice. They need uh, Maryland to lose twice or Northwestern to lose twice because if they finish on the same record, then they lose the tiebreaker. So I guess your best bet at this point is to hope that Northwestern loses both games to end the season and IU wins on Saturday. That's seems like the most realistic of the possibilities unless you think Ohio State has something that can knock off Maryland you're going to have to root for Northwestern to lose to Penn State who I mean they're 8 and 10 on the season and they've 
I mean, IU has seen what they are capable of, but uh, I don't feel great about that. The Rutgers game, uh, I feel, I mean, that's kind of a 50-50, but ultimately, uh, IU just probably lost out on the double bye in the Big Ten tournament. We, <laughs> that's what I spoke about all, all that Tuesday episode is that IU controlled its own fate, but that they were important games and they had to win them. You lay an absolute enormous egg in this one. You don't control your own fate anymore, and you're going to need a miracle to come away with a top four seed in the Big Ten tournament at this rate. A couple of comments uh, we can talk about before we head into more positive news. The inconsistency makes me so depressed. It does. It does me too because, like I said. It's kind of this ominous feeling that uh, at any point this team could just not show up. And when you're getting into one-and-done tournament formats, you don't show up one game and the season's over. And just like that, frustration. Uh, I really don't know what Mike Woodson uh, could say that makes us feel any better. It, it's nothing. Uh, I mean, I think the what he said probably is the best you can say. It was a BS performance. They kicked our ass and apologized to the fans. I, I'm sure Mike Woodson said a lot of the same things that we said about um, showing up and controlling your own destiny and things like that. But I, you let them get comfortable early on. I know that they were hitting a lot of kind of crazy shots, but IU let them get comfortable, and then they're in a rhythm, and they're knocking down those shots. Very deflating to watch. Tough game. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt. I spent most of the second half doing other things and getting ready for this podcast and not paying a lick of attention. It's a shame. Uh, we only have a finite number of games of Trace Jackson Davis left, so it felt weird to just write off one of these and just not pay attention to it. Like I said, we do have some good news. The Women's Basketball Awards came out on Tuesday. IU had a lot of them. They racked up the awards, including Coach of the Year and Defensive Player of the Year. We'll run down everyone who got on awards. And a surprising name that didn't, as well as a potential Terry Morin extension. We'll do all that here in just a moment. Big Ten announced all of their postseason, or I guess uh, regular season awards, now that the regular season is done and dusted, not surprisingly, Caitlin Clark was your player of the year. It was, uh, I, th I think it was a debate, but up to Sunday's game. Uh, I mean, the way she played on Sunday, that ended the debate. Fair play to her. She's a really good player. It was an uphill battle for Mackenzie Holmes and... Ultimately, she did not win Player of the Year. She was named Defensive Player of the Year, which was well earned. Uh, Kate, or uh, excuse me, Terry Morin was named the Coach of the Year by both the coaches and the media. Uh, so shout out to them for taking home those uh, big awards. All Big Ten teams, Grace Berger and Mackenzie Holmes, both were named All Big Ten First Team. Mackenzie Holmes was unanimous on both the coaches and media team. Holmes, Clark, and Diamond Miller of Maryland were all unanimous. Uh, Monica Sinano was unanimous on the coaches as well as Makaira Cook. 
Grace Berger wasn't. Uh, okay. I'd love to know which coach didn't put her as, I guess, somebody that didn't play her. I don't know. Uh, but those two earned first-team honors. Second-team, Chloe Moore McNeil was named uh, on both the coaches and the media. Um, second team, excuse me, she was not named on the coaches' second team. I missed that. She was only a media second team, all Big Ten, and then the host of people get honorable mentions, uh, which Sydney Parrish, Sarah Scalia, and Yarden Garzon all did. Um, so a couple things. Chloe Moore McNeil, absolutely 100% second team all-conference. It's kind of wild. She wasn't on uh, the coaches. I Make these votes public. I want to know who I can publicly shame. Uh, I want to know who left off Grace Berger, and I want to know who left off Chloe Moore McNeil entirely. Uh, more surprisingly, Sydney Parrish wasn't on any of these teams. I think there is a very strong argument that Sydney Parrish was the third best player on this IU team this season. Uh, she, for her, to, I thought she was borderline first team. That she didn't even get a second team honor is insane to me. <laughs> she was incredibly valuable all season long. And like I said, I she was possibly the third best player on the team, depending on kind of Chloe Moore McNeil, how much you value defense. It was third or fourth at worst. So it is wild to me. I don't want to say IU was like disrespected, but they lost two games all season and they, I don't know how they didn't kind of clean up more awards than they did. I mean, the big Ten's really good, but damn, I use the number two team in the country. Like, it feels like they probably should have gotten more. Garzon was named to the all-freshman team. Cody McMahon of Ohio State was a freshman of the year, which she deserved it. She was great in both games against IU. Uh, she was unanimous all-freshman team. Again, Garzon wasn't unanimous on the freshman team. I beg your pardon? The all-defense team, all-defensive team, Mackenzie Holmes, uh, obviously was on that one as well. Chloe Moore McNeil was on the coaches one, but not the media one. Um, but both those players earned all defensive team honors as well. So that's all your awards. There's a lot of them. I'm not going to say IU was disrespected, but Sydney Parrish should feel aggrieved, if nothing else. She absolutely should be on uh, an all Big Ten team, and it's in insane that she isn't. Another interesting story. Shortly after the Big Ten teams were announced, or awards, I should say, were announced, Indianapolis Star releases a story about Terry Morin that includes a quote from uh, Scott Dolson, the IU athletic director, quote, we want Terry here for a long, long time. That's the bottom line. We couldn't be more proud of what she has built. Her contract right now runs until 2027. Um, her... Contract guarantees $875,000 this year. Uh, it increases by $25,000 each year uh, through 2027. Uh, there's base salaries and bonuses and marketing and promotional income and things like 
she received a couple bonuses this year. Um, she was $15,000 for winning the regular season Big Ten title. And then $15,625, which is one half month's salary for being named Big Ten Coach of the Year. So there's certainly incentives tied to the Big Ten tournament, I'm sure, and the NCAA tournament as well. So she could be in for a big payday. But obviously when you have a, a program like I use, uh, uh, Scott Dolson referred to a couple times as a sleeping giant, when you have someone kind of revitalize that program, you want to make sure you keep the coach. Terry Morin is one of the very best coaches in the country. And it sounds like I use willing to open up the checkbook to make sure she stays around. They better be because uh, as long as she's around, I use going to have a, a very good program, uh, both men's and, and women's. As long as Terry Morin and Mike Woodson are around, they're both going to be very good programs. So uh, open up the checkbook, pay Terry Morin. Make sure she is sticking around. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. We're going to let this IU loss sit for a little bit, try to get some perspective on it. We'll talk a little bit more about some of the takeaways we have from it. I didn't really talk about any of the players. They all stunk except Trace Jackson Davis, so... We might dive into some individual performances and stuff like that tomorrow. For your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Follow us on Twitter if you have not already. Subscribe. Uh, to the podcasts, whether on YouTube, whether on Apple, Spotify, whatever it is. Give us those ratings. They help us out a ton. Most importantly, though, guys, don't let IU get you down today. Uh, it's a basketball game, and there's going to be another one this weekend that hopefully they won't do this again. But uh, it's just a game. Have a, have a great Wednesday, everybody. And as always, LEO.